Welcome everyone to another episode of the Neil World Order podcast. Okay, so obviously I uh, took a few weeks off again. Um, we had taken a little trip uh, up north to uh, Door County, Wisconsin. I think I talked about that. I talked about possibly doing an episode up there. Um, honestly, on second thought, just decided to take the weekend off for that. Um, Door County uh, was beautiful. It was uh, my first time up there. Uh, the change, you know, just seeing all the changing colors. Uh, the weather was actually perfect uh, that weekend. It was originally supposed to rain on us like the whole time, but it ended up being like a great weekend. You know, and it's one of those places up there where I had heard people talk about it for years, and you know, I'd known plenty of people that have gone up there, and I've seen their. Uh, pictures and so on and so forth and I was like oh you know yeah we should do it it's always one of those things we talked about and never really did um so uh we finally decided to do it it's it's about four hours from where we live um and it's kind of crazy because like once you get up there you feel like you're you know like just the geography and the look and feel that you you feel like you're you're further away um you know it's just this beautiful peninsula uh, you know, just the terrain, the amazing views all along Lake Michigan. Uh, which, I mean, when you look at Lake Michigan, it's almost more like the way the water rolls in and stuff. It's almost more like an ocean than a lake. You know, obviously the Great Lakes are giant. But, um, you know, and we're actually surrounded by small lakes here in the area where I live. But uh, just the vastness of Lake Michigan is uh, really something to kind of take in. Uh, you know, like I said, we had a great weekend hiking, taking in the fall colors, sunsets on the lake, uh, some shopping, but ultimately, you know, just mostly relaxing and uh, hanging out, uh, you know, which would have brought us to last week, which um, unfortunately, almost as soon as we got back, and if you can still hear, um, I got a cold, and uh, I pretty much felt like booty all week last week. Uh, It kind of started like a it was kind of like a throat congestion. I never had a sore throat, but, um, you know, it just kind of pushed up into my head and you got to that can't breathe, hocking up a lung, a little bit of chest congestion, had sinus head pressures, more or less felt like a sinus infection. Um, it wasn't COVID. I'm positive because I was hungry the whole time. All I wanted to do was eat. Um, you know, and it got towards, I actually stayed home, uh, from work on on Wednesday I believe because like Tuesday night it just kicked my ass like I had a fever um you know I couldn't sleep and I'm not the type of person that I don't get sick very often I just I I just don't you know and not because I'm the picture of health or anything I just I don't get sick but this really kicked my ass um but uh yeah so I was gonna do the episode on Wednesday when I was home and then I was like, no, you know, I started moving around doing stuff. And I was like, okay, I'm going to go back to resting. And it just kind of one thing led to another. And it just kind of, you know, just didn't happen last week. And I think sometimes I, I wait too long and I into the night and I get tired. It's pretty late. Like right now it's 1130. Um, <clears throat> and I, I get tired, you know, I'm old. And maybe some days I don't have the motivation that I should when I'm putting it. You know, I really honestly should do it in the middle of the day because when I work on the script is when I could just go off the top of my head and not have to read it all and I'm actually working off like 
This is almost like two episodes crammed into one because I had the episode that I had finished for last week and it just didn't get done. And I'm like, okay, a lot of this is still relevant, can move to this week and so on and so forth. But um, anyways, and then last weekend, like as I was starting to feel better, uh, I had bought a paint sprayer. I think I talked about that. And I started painting the basement on Friday night. And then, uh, I don't know what, I feel like we did something Saturday night and I'm a terrible husband for not remembering it. But, um, anyways, so then I, you know, I was like, oh, you know, Saturday got away from me. And then the paint, paint sprayer was a, was a game changer. Um, I've got a lot more of it done. I worked on it like all day Sunday since I don't have to really watch the Packers anymore because the season is (laughs) done, but, uh, made a lot of progress, um, you know, it, it's got a smaller, it holds less paint, so there's a little more changing of the paint, but it's way more efficient, it seems like. I'm very pleased with what I've got done so far. Um, you know, I, I honestly, with, with a lot of effort, I could probably finish up the painting tomorrow, so we'll see how that goes. Um, so, yeah, I really want to get that moving so that the whole basement, bar, man cave, podcast studio can kind of get rolling and be complete because I have like all these ideas in my head and all this other stuff and it's just like I've been saying for weeks that the painting of the ceiling is just kind of in the way of it. Um, I spoke on it briefly about yeah having all the free time because the uh, Packers suck but um, you know it, it ultimately it's my fault. Remember I told you guys I sacrificed the Packers season for a Tennessee win over Alabama. <laughs> if I'd have been smart I'd asked for a win over Georgia too. Um, but you know, the Georgia game was a tough game. Uh, it could have went a lot worse. I mean, Georgia had beaten us a lot worse the last handful of years, but in a way, I think that game helps us. I know uh, losing is never positive unless you're a Democrat. Um, but we won't have to play in the SEC championship game, which Georgia is going to have to probably play LSU and LSU is, you know, we beat LSU, but LSU is a better team now than they were when uh, we played them. And there's something like floating in the bottom of my like whiskey cup, and it, I'm, I'm kind of curious what it is. Okay, I got it out. Um, anyways. So I think there's an opportunity there for us to be okay because Michigan is going to have to play Ohio State. So those teams are ranked two and three, which means one of them is losing. Uh, Neither of them have really played a tough schedule, and when they play each other, we'll probably be the best opponent either of them has played this year, so whoever loses is going to fall down. I I feel like Texas TCU is not going to go undefeated, and they have to play in a conference title game as well. Um, So I I feel like we, we get into that third or fourth spot. Now, what we do with it in the college football playoff is whatever. Uh, I thought, you know, there were some positive. We ended on a high note versus Missouri today, but uh, there was a bit there where that game could have started to get away from us, and then next thing you know, we're up to 62 points, which is what's great about this offense. Uh, But that being said, you know, so far it's still, it's been a great season. It's a blessed season. Uh, I'm loving the whole ride with the University of Tennessee. We'll see where it goes. Um, but I guess while we're on the topic of wins and losses, um, the political midterms were this week. Um, 
and it really wasn't a red wave uh, like everyone had talked about. Um, you know, I think we all thought maybe that was coming. Uh, I, I mean, to some extent, it was still a turn in the right direction. Uh, the Republicans ended up winning the House, which to me, it just means nothing is going to get done for two years, which is that's fine because anything that was getting done has not been good and has done nothing but drive up inflation, the cost of living and everything else bad. So nothing's going to get done. It's going to control the spending. Um, came out tonight that they aren't going to win the Senate, which, whatever. What are you going to do? You know, some of it is bad candidates. Some of it's are, you know, it is what it is. Um, but, you know, I honestly had thought they would get the Senate, but I thought it would come down to December. Uh, now, I don't think that's even going to matter. That Even if Herschel Walker wins the runoff, they are still down by one, whatever. Um, you know, I, I think one of the biggest takeaways, you know, you have to look at is the unfortunate fact that to a, a lot of the people in this country, killing babies, uh, the unborn babies, is more important than crime, the border crisis. I mean, in, in all the polls, that ran second to the economy, which, which is kind of sad, you know, and... Um, I'd like to tell you I'm surprised by that, but but I'm really not, you know. And it's, I mean, it's been my opinion forever that people are stupid. So, you know, and, and they don't think logically. And, you know, at the end of the day, abortion was never a right. Uh, and I repeat that, it was never a constitutional right that was given to anyone anywhere, period. Um the Supreme Court decision simply just turned over the power for the states to decide, which apparently a lot of people don't like. They think the federal government should tell everyone what to do. Um, I'm totally okay with the states deciding what they decide. I mean, you don't like the rules, you don't like something here, you leave, you go somewhere else. You know, and people say, oh, not everyone, anyone can do whatever they want. If they plan well, they make a plan and they make it happen. It's that simple. Um, you know, I, and you, whatever, you know, I, I guess I just can't understand this country's obsession with abortion, if you want to call it that. And, you know, and, and on top of it, like I've, I've said it countless times, I feel like I'm beating a dead horse here, pun not intended. Um, you know, all the stupid terms they come up with, reproductive health care, reproductive rights, you know, and like I, I, some of there's people I'm friends with on Facebook that post stupid memes like, you know, um, don't vote for candidates who are taking away rights from other people. And, you know, I want my daughters to have like, like you people sound fucking stupid. Like and, and that's that's just being nice. You, you just sound fucking stupid because there's no such thing as pro-choice. Like I said, you're pro-life <clears throat> or you're pro-death. And that's just it is what it is. So, you know, it's funny that they say it's a human rights issue when ultimately they're fighting for their right to kill something or someone, which, like I said, it's illogical, it's moronical, it is what it is. But, uh, you know, it's honestly, if you think it's something other than that or you think it's a right, uh, you honestly should take a good hard look in the mirror. And I think you'd, you'll be amazed because you'll be able to see what stupid looks like. It'll be that reflection in the mirror, and you're welcome for helping you figure that out.
you know, and I, I think there's, as a Republican, the Republican Party, whatever conservatives, however you want to call it, um, I think what the party really needs to do, and uh, in, in true Neil fashion, this is going to rub a lot of people the wrong way, is it's time to move on from Trump. The ship has sailed. Um, I, I voted for Trump twice. I think he was an excellent president and did a lot for us. He had great policy. Um, but, you know, he changed a lot of things. He opened a lot of our eyes. Um, you know, and I think we'll always owe him for that. But, And I personally believe he can still be a strong voice. He can probably be the muscle for the party and fight the fights that maybe some of the candidates don't have to fight or those people in the office don't have to fight because let's be he throws heavy blows you know and he can be the guy that clears the way for someone else to lead he just has to check his ego and prove that it honestly really is about america first and not about him you know his rhetoric about other people in the party wanting to be president or challenging him for the nomination. Like, it needs to stop. Like, he needs to direct his actions at the Democrats, maybe let it fly at some of the rhinos. Because um, I think maybe the biggest takeaway on uh, Tuesday night, besides the fact that this country loves killing the unborn, is DeSantis is the guy. Um, he should be the nominee in 2024 period if that's what he chooses to do. Um, I know if you live in Florida, you hate the sound of that, but it's true. I mean, the guy ran roughshod over Florida. Like, it, it, Char, I mean, I knew Charlie Crist was going to get creamed, but like not 25 minutes after the polls closed, creamed, and the election was over. You know, and I think now Charlie Crist, who the guy who the Democrat who ran against DeSantis has a, has lost. He has the dubious distinction of losing a race in Florida as a Democrat, a Republican, and an independent. So he's kind of a flip-flopper and just tries to do whatever he can to get elected anyways, which made him a shitty candidate. <clears throat> but, you know, the future in politics is people like DeSantis. It's not, you know what the media wants to tell you. It's not Beto and Stacey Abrams. I'll tell you that. Uh, Beto is done. Um, he doesn't do anything but say stupid shit. He wastes a lot of money, and he loses elections. That's what he does. He's not good for anything, you know, except for maybe celebrities get hard nipples for him. Um, same with Stacey Abrams. You know, she she got she got creamed. In her election. Like, there's no reason we should see her on a ballot for anything ever again. Bad ideas, bad candidate, clueless idiot, gone. You know, people wanted, they're like those people, they wanted to make them a thing, and they just, they're not a thing. You know, and Beto's a worse human than than he is candidate. But, uh, you know, and there were bad Republican candidates. Dr. Oz was a bad candidate. Um, I mean, granted, he shouldn't have lost to fucking brain-dead Frankenstein. But, you know, he's still, at the end of the day, he was a TV doctor, you know. Yes, I know he's a doctor, yes, I know. But he didn't feel like a real candidate. Uh, Herschel Walker, let's just say, doesn't have the highest aptitude 
of maybe so and like I said a couple of you know episodes ago that there's no better time in politics to be an idiot uh, I think Fetterman further continues that proof um, you know but uh, I think Herschel Walker will be able to win the runoff if you know the governor Brian was is it Brian Kemp I know his last name's Kemp the governor of Georgia can pull him you know, to the finish line, he won by a considerable margin. He's clearly a popular figure. Um, you may see less Democrats vote now because they have control of the Senate anyway, so they, what does it even matter? But, um, <clears throat> you know, I, I think there's the potential for that, but I think it's time for, like, a changing of the guard, so to speak. You know, we can't keep... I feel like, yeah, there were some Trump candidates that won, but there were also some Trump candidates lost, and I just think it's time for, you know, I, I'm all in on getting rid of the Mitch McConnells, the Kevin McCarthys, the, the Mitt Romneys, the, you know, the old guard that's been there, done nothing, you know, guys that just talked a big game but then didn't donate to other, help other candidates, didn't travel out and speak on their behalf. Like, that shit has to be remembered, you know, and... and you know, as a Republican, you, they, they've got to get a better message. Um, you know, I, my, I'm very fiscally conservative. I don't care a lot about social issues. Um, you know, I'm pro-life, but abortion, a uh, candidate's stance on abortion doesn't make or break my vote because I feel like it's a very unimportant issue that gets way too much attention and affects very little of the population, but no one ever wants to talk about that because... You know, we like to make it something bigger than it is. But um, that's just my opinion on that, you know, for what it's worth. But um, while we're on the topic of uh, sinking ships, um, the sinking ship that is our government, to an actual sinking ship, uh, 47 years ago, uh, November 10th, which was, I believe it was Thursday, the Edmund Fitzgerald sank 20 miles off the coast of Whitefish Point in Lake Superior. Uh, obviously, as you can hear in the background, memorialized in the immortal song by the amazing Gordon Lightfoot, the wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald told the tale of the woeful nights of November 10th, 1975. You know, it... We've all heard the song for years. If you've never heard this song, you've got to hear it. It's, it's just a great song. My wife hates it, but it's a great song. Um, I assume everyone has heard it, but maybe not. Uh, if you haven't, as soon as you are done listening, go download this jam. You can thank me later, as always. Also, I want you to close your eyes as you're enjoying the soothing voice of Gordon Lightfoot. And I want you to imagine 20-something rather intoxicated Neil singing this at the Night Out Pub in Orlando, Florida. It was a moment for sure that I'm sure a lot of people in attendance wish they could forget. Um, it was something. Probably not my finest karaoke moment, but I did it anyway. The uh, SS Edmund Fitzgerald was the largest ship on the Great Lakes between 1958 and 1975 when it sank. <clears throat> And to this day, it is still the largest ship to have sank on the Great Lakes. Uh, the Edmund Fitzgerald was used to carry iron ore from mines 
in Duluth, Minnesota, to like Detroit, Toledo, Cleveland. Um, the ship was kind of known as a workhorse, and it set hauling records for years. It's like the heavy loads it would carry, often breaking its own <clears throat> own records. On the afternoon of November 9th, 1975, the Edmund Fitzgerald left Superior, Wisconsin, en route to a steel mill, steel mill in Detroit, contrary to Cleveland, which is what the song says. It was traveling with another large freighter, the SS Arthur Anderson. The next day, the ships were caught in a severe storm in Lake Superior. Waves were getting uh, up to heights of 35 feet, and the waters were just completely unforgiving. Now imagine 35-foot swell on a... I, I mean, wow. That's... I remember we took a <clears throat> a cruise in Panama City, like a dolphin sunset cruise, and it was a little stormy, and the wet, the waves were nothing like that, but they started to get hot, and like, I'm not going to lie, I was nervous for a second. They couldn't take us out in the main ocean. We had to kind of stay in the, um, the fuck do they call it, where you're like, whatever that channel is, but anyways. I can't fathom what these guys... Um, had to do. Um, the hurricane-like winds, uh, they caused enormous waves. They unfortunately caused the Edmund Fitzgerald to sink around 7.10 p.m. on November 10th, 1975, like I said. <clears throat> the ship went down in 530 feet of water, about 17 miles off the coast of uh, Whitefish Bay, which we actually were... Well, on our trip to Door County, we actually stopped by there. It was kind of cool. It's a really cool place. I realized that we were there after the fact when I started doing research for this. But anyways, um, like in the song says, a lot of the experts say had they made Whitefish Bay, it would have offered them a safe place to ride out the storm. Um, the ship had never sent out any distress signals. But did, it did report being in difficult seas to the Arthur Anderson. Uh, Captain Ernest McSorley, uh, captain of the Edmund Fitzgerald, his last message to the Arthur Anderson stated that the seas were rough, but the Fitzgerald was holding its own. <coughs> Sorry. That night, all 29 people aboard the uh, Edmund Fitzgerald lost their lives. No bodies were ever recovered, and despite lots of theories and studies, no exact reason has ever been given for the wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald. Uh, everyone has their, you know, all the experts all have their ideas, but no one um, ever said, here's the definite of whatever. The wreckage still remains at the bottom of Lake Superior, along with many other ships that have sank over the years. But, yeah, just a little thing on the Edmund Fitzgerald. You know, I've always wondered, uh, especially after, I don't know, what was it, in the 2099 or whatever, when they made that movie The Perfect Storm with uh, George Clooney and uh, Marky Mark and uh, a, bunch of, a bunch of people were in it. And that went over really well, that there's never really been a movie made about the Edmund Fitzgerald. Maybe it's no one has ag agreed to allow him to use the story or whatever but i think it's a fascinating tale that could tell scott uh kylie said earlier when i was telling this that maybe me and you should make a movie about it so we'll add that to the list of things we're going to make a movie about but uh 
so yeah, so changing gears, um, and kind of back, this is where we cross into like the mixing of the episodes. Um, a wise man once said, I always find something wrong. And let's have a toast for the douchebags. Let's have a toast for the assholes. Kanye West. Or, I mean, the artist formerly known as Kanye West, now yay. Um, always outspoken, uh, willing to share his opinions, whether it be who he thinks should win awards, politics, or how George Bush feels about black people. Um, Ye has landed himself in hot water over a tweet uh, a few weeks back that uh, apparently everyone labeled as anti-Semitic when he tweeted he would soon go DEFCON 3 on Jewish people. <clears throat> Obviously, DEFCON refers to U.S. military defense status, but apparently it was enough to get him suspended from Twitter. I think, I don't know if this was pre-Elon taking over or post, and Instagram. But I mean, as someone who's currently in Facebook jail himself, which expires in about seven hours, I believe. So come tomorrow morning, bitches, I'm back. Um, it doesn't take much to really offend the whole clown tech giants anymore. You know, and this came on the heels of an interview in which, you know, Kanye spoke the truth in saying how BLM was a complete scam and if they really cared about the black community, they would be against Planned Parenthood and abortion, which is responsible for more black deaths than anything on record. And you can disregard his statement if you want, but the one thing you can't say is that he's factually wrong. Um, obviously, <clears throat> I have issues with anyone being canceled or banned because I personally think it's stupid. I don't care what, who, why, what. Um, at the end of the day, cutting a man's tongue out doesn't make him a liar. And words are just words. I don't care. I, I don't care what kind of, and I don't believe in things like hate speech. I don't like bullying, like your people, like their words, hear them, deal with them, move on. Like I said, being offended is a choice. Letting something hurt your feelings is a choice you make. It's not someone else's fault. You make the choice to allow it to happen. Um, you know, and, and West, I feel like had become a strong voice in the black community that has kind of started to open people's eyes in a way that maybe the powers that be don't want their eyes opened. And, you know, it shies people away from the way they've been manipulated, you know, for years to vote and be part of policy agendas. <clears throat> I honestly applaud him for the strength of his convictions, um, as I would anyone, regardless of how I, whether I agree with them or not. You know, if you pick a hill to die on and that's your thing and you stick with it, you got my respect. You know, because if you're going to walk the walk, you have to, or talk the talk, you have to walk the walk. And he, uh, his outspoken truth has cost him his marriage. It's cost him endorsements, millions of dollars, and he, he doesn't back down. He didn't issue some formal apology and fall on his sword like Kyrie Irving did. Um, you know, and, and I guess it's important. I also want to be clear that I'm not condoning anti-Semitic behavior or comments because I also think that context matters. Um, but I also realize that if Putin and the Taliban can have Twitter accounts, then Kanye should probably be allowed to have one as well. Um 
you know, he's a musical genius. Uh, if you've never heard the song Runaway, it's kind of like his opus. Uh, I think so anyways. Um, it just shows, it's probably one of the greatest pieces of hip-hop music there ever was. Just from the storytelling aspect, the uh, the depth of his soul, which he's bearing in the music. And it, it's just from the uh, Rick James sample with the look at you, look at you. And uh, James Brown, ladies and gentlemen, lady, like it's, you know, the cold piano. It's <clears throat> it's a powerful piece, nonetheless. Uh, you know, one of the things I was looking at when I researched this was, I, I don't know if how many of you knew this, I did not know before all this happened that Kanye West had a net worth over a billion dollars. Um, you know, now obviously losing his Adidas contract will have a huge effect on that, I'm sure. But I have a feeling he's going to work to promote and distribute all this stuff on his own. And with some time, he'll be right back on track. But, um, <clears throat> you know, it really makes you wonder, I mean, me anyways, um, if there's no truth to what he said, you know, about the power that certain members of the Jewish community hold, then why the hell is, then why is hell raining down on him? Um, you know, if he didn't touch or poke a nerve with people in the right places who have this power, you know, how did this happen? You know, how, who had, and I get we live in this idiotic, woke utopia, but still the blowback on this almost comes off like a message being sent. And that's just my thoughts, though. I could be wrong. I really am, but still. But, uh, <clears throat> yeah, you know, I just... I feel for the guy, but I respect the guy. You know, like I said, if you like rap, you like something different, uh, Kanye West is a musical genius. You know, and maybe that's part of it. You know, the next step from genius is insanity, so maybe he blurs a line there. That's just my opinion. But, anyways. So... I don't know if I talked about this. I don't think I ever did because this, I'm kind of going through the script here. But uh, there was a story that came out of Iowa, like I said, a couple weeks ago. And I apologize, I haven't followed up on it between just being out of town, being sick, and just life. <clears throat> um, not sure if any of you saw this. It was, when I came across this, it was in the early stages. This may be debunked and whatever already, and I'll feel like a clown after telling you this if it was. But um, <clears throat> a woman named, I believe her name was Lucy Studi. I think she's married now. Studi might not be her last name. She's the daughter of the late Donald Studi uh, from Thurman, Iowa, uh, which is kind of located on the border of Nebraska and Iowa. She came forward a few weeks ago, maybe about a month ago, and said her father had killed a number of women and buried them near a well on their property in Thurman, Iowa. Um, she had reached out to the uh, Fremont County Sheriff's Office previously with this claim after her father died in 2013. Uh, <clears throat> Sheriff Sergeant Andrew Wake had said she's made these claims, this is his quote, she's made these claims and we're looking into it. We're trying to gather information and establish credibility and if we can, if, and, it, and if we can get evidence to see if there are bodies buried there or not. 
the uh, Fremont County Sheriff, uh, Kevin Astrope, said, her, said in her claims that Lucy stated that her father killed five to six women a year for decades. Uh, she also, he also stated that she, or that they had cadaver dogs on the five-acre property, and they did find hits for the existence of decomposing remains in the areas around the well. Like I said, I apologize. I haven't had time to go uh, do a follow-up on this. I'm totally going to do it now when I get off of here. <clears throat> uh, Astrop had said, uh, and I quote, she's got a hell of a story, but we don't have any proof other than the cadaver dogs hit. But we have to have more proof than that. I would think that would be like a really good start to maybe look in the wells, but what do I know? Um, Lucy Studi, in an interview previously, had told Newsweek that she knew where the bodies were buried because her father would demand that her and her siblings help move them, at times using a wheelbarrow or toboggan. Her quote was, he would tell us we had to go to the well, and I always knew what that meant. Uh, unfortunately, efforts to reach Lucy Studi have not been successful by uh, NBC News, CNN, and a couple other outlets at the time. Um, <clears throat> in the Newsweek article, she also said that her father had lured sex workers and transients from nearby Omaha, Nebraska, to the property where he would kill them. The Sheriff's Department had a comment on that was that they'd find it hard that so many people missing over time would go unnoticed, but did add that if the people were not local to those areas and had come from elsewhere, that it was quite possible. Um, <clears throat> but, you know, just on my limited knowledge of watching murder shows and, you know, knowledge of other serial killer things, if these people were his targets, it, it makes sense. Uh, there's been many instances where serial killers choose sex workers, runaways, transients, etc. Because often those people have kind of already disappeared from somewhere else. You know, they're estranged from their family. They've run away. They're usually, wherever that lifestyle has taken, they've taken on that lifestyle. It's usually not where they're from. Um, you know, so those lifestyles almost make people like ghosts. Uh, no one goes looking for a missing sex worker. Um, you know, if you want real hardcore proof of that, look at how long it took to catch the Green River killer, Gary Ridgway. Um, you know, ultimately, though, I think what the story comes down to physical evidence to back up the claims of Lucy, Lucy Stacy. That's her married name. Um <clears throat> it would kind of be really interesting to uh, see if this develops anything. Um, I mean, the fact that if it does, it would make Donald Studi one of the most prolific serial killers in American history. But like I said, all that remains to be seen. Um, also, um, her I believe her older sister, and I apologize, I don't have her name listed here, did say that n none of that happened. Um that her sister was making it up. Uh, I did try to see if maybe there was any issue of mental health with mental health with Lucy uh, Studi, uh, Stacy married now. Uh, I didn't find anything at the time, but like I said, I'm going to dig into this um, just out of curiosity. But I would assume not a lot has happened because although it all depends on what the media wants to tell you, you know, they may say all these people in the world died from COVID. But, yeah, that's kind of the uh, mixtape of the episodes where I've been slacking for the last couple weeks. Actually, it was uh, 
snowing here today in Wisconsin, on and off. I mean, just a little dust sticking on the deck, nothing. I would call real slow. I think we're supposed to get one to two inches on uh, Monday, but uh, we'll see. It's kind of crazy because th- this past Thursday we set a record high for this late in the year with 77 degrees. And then the next day it was 38, so go Midwest, you know. But um, that's all I got tonight. Uh, thanks, everyone, for hanging out. I hope you enjoyed the show. Uh, check out the social media site. Check us out on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. Uh, hit up the merch shop, and uh, we will see you guys next week. Thanks for tuning in.